Hello, med students. My name is Zach Olson, and thank you for downloading this episode of the EM Clerkship Podcast. This month, we're going to be going through some wound care episodes. On your clerkship evaluation forms, there is this category for procedural skills, something along those lines. And from personal experience with filling these forms out, this is a hard category for attendings and residents to grade because you don't get a lot of opportunities to prove yourself with this. And so you need to be ready to impress when you get the chance to do these procedures during your clerkship. For the vast majority of you, the procedures that you are going to be able to get your hands on are the soft tissue type things. The big three are lacerations, abscesses, and burns. And so that is where I want you to focus all of your brain energy. Today, we are starting with the general approach to lacerations. Because this is probably the most important one. This is going to be a two-part episode. We'll cover your evaluation and presentation to the attending today. And then actually, we'll cover the procedure itself next week. But today, the most important thing that you kind of need to just understand about laceration repair is this spectrum of should we repair or should we not repair the wound? Because when we close a laceration, when we suture it or whatever, it decreases the scar. That's why we do it. But it actually increases the risk of infection. If we delay closing the wound for a couple days, It'll make, sure, a slightly worse scar, but it'll decrease the risk of infection. And some wounds, believe it or not, are best left just completely open. You get a big scar, but such a lower risk of infection that that's the decision we make. And so the whole approach today is this balance. Repair, delay the repair, don't repair. Usually people are coming into the ED right away, so you're never going to really look stupid to just recommend, I'm going to repair the laceration during your presentation to the attending. But academically, let's at least talk through this so you know the right way to kind of think about this. Step one when a patient comes in with a laceration is your history. I want you to sound smart when you present to your attending. That's why we do this. There are five pieces that you need to hit, five pieces your attendings are looking for. You need to ask about chronic diseases, the age of the wound, the mechanism, the location, and whether it's contaminated, foreign bodies, that kind of thing. And again, you're trying to paint this picture around the risk of wound infection. A diabetic smoking dialysis patient with a puncture wound under his right foot from a rusty nail that he stepped on while walking through a sewer yesterday is really high risk for getting an infection, obviously. Whereas if you have a young, healthy guy trying to look cool, he's shaving his face with like a pocket knife or something, and he has a small cut on his cheek from an hour ago, much lower risk of infection. So again, your five historical questions are chronic diseases, wound age, mechanism, location, and contamination foreign bodies. Let's go through each of these a little bit more. Really, any big chronic health problem is a risk factor for infection. So what kind of chronic problems are we talking about? Diabetes, HIV, kidney disease, smoking, obesity. All of these are important. Wound age. Sometimes people will push you for a specific number, but there's not really a specific number here. Remember, it's the spectrum. But old wounds are more likely to get infected if you close them, and new wounds are safer to close. Mechanism. 
you know, so dirty mechanisms are bad. Penetrating things are bad. Traumas, things outdoors, the big, big, big one here, animal bites, human bites, these are high risk for infection. Location is important. So hands, feet, groin, armpits, they're likely to get infected, whereas face and scalp wounds almost never get infected because there's such good blood supply. And then last, this one's really important, is wound contamination in foreign bodies. Patients with a contaminated wound or foreign body in the wound are very, very likely to run into wound healing issues. So again, I'm going to say this one more time. Your five things you're putting in your presentation, chronic diseases, wound age, mechanism, location, contamination, foreign body. So here is what this sounds like. I have a 55-year-old male diabetic who was cutting chicken and sliced his right middle finger with a knife 30 minutes ago. He has no foreign body sensation and washed out all of the chicken goop right after it happened. That is a perfect history, except for one missing piece. And that brings us to step two. This is important. I almost made this the main point today. You need to ask about tetanus status. We give tetanus shots so people don't get lockjaw from dirt that gets in their cuts. I always forget this. We all remember that chart from our book, and we, we all forget this. But it's easy. You got to split everything up. That chart is not your friend. Step two, just does the patient need a basic, average, normal tetanus shot, a Tdap? Anybody with a potentially dirty wound or contaminated wound, and this is pretty much everyone in the emergency department, needs a tetanus shot updated if it's been more than five years. That's the magic number. Five years. They need Tdap. Step three. The other part of that annoying chart is the tetanus immune globulin. We almost never give this. I've given it once in a patient with a really nasty wound that I swear had to have millions of little tetanus crawling through it. And he had never had a tetanus series and didn't really know if he had ever had one. Uh, you typically see this if they immigrated from a foreign country where they might not have gotten it in school and that sort of thing. These are the only people that need tetanus immunoglobulin. So just to summarize all of this, if the wound is dirty, they get a Tdap if it's been more than five years. The immunoglobulin stuff is almost never necessary. It's only necessary if they have a really dirty wound and they've never had a tetanus series or you really truly are uncertain. So those are steps two and three. Step four is exam. Before your presentation, I want you to measure the length of the wound. With a ruler, describe the wound as superficial or deep. Describe it as linear or complex, not that hard. The other thing that I want you to do here is a motor, sensory, and cap refill exam distal to that injury. So I want you to measure, describe, and do a neurovascular exam. That is, that is what you put in your presentation. And then step five, your attendings will want you to consider getting an x-ray. Why get an x-ray? We do this to look for foreign bodies, which, like I said before, are huge risk factors for infection. They need to be removed. They need to be searched for. If somebody gets a cut with a pocket knife and there's no foreign body sensation, okay, they probably don't need an x-ray. But if it's at all possible that there is a foreign body, you need an x-ray. The main thing your attendings will want you to know with this is that wood 
specifically does not show up on x-ray. So you got to use ultrasound for that. Just don't, please, just don't miss a foreign body. This is important. Let's wrap it all up. Summarize here. Do a history with a focus on chronic illnesses, wound age, mechanism, location, and contamination foreign body. If the wound is dirty with tetanus crawling in it, they need a tetanus shot if it's been more than five years. If the wound has dirt in it and tetanus in it and they've never had a tetanus shot and you really don't think they've had a tetanus shot, they're from some third world country, they need tetanus immune globulin as well. But this is very uncommon. You need to measure and describe the wound. And you need to do a neurovascular exam. And the last step is consider getting an x-ray or an ultrasound to look for foreign bodies if necessary. You can't miss foreign bodies. And remember, if the wound is really high risk, typically we don't repair it. You don't want these things to get infected. Now, once you do a good job of this basic part of your presentation and evaluation, they're going to let you prove yourself and repair the wound. And so we're going to cover that in part two next week. Send me an email. Zach at emclerkship.com with any questions you have. Please leave an iTunes review if you haven't already. And until next time, keep working hard, keep studying, and be sure to enjoy your shift.